we're back for week five of college football predictions. Please join us as we discuss the Saban effect and how the NIL has injected parity into the game of college football. I well, I wanted to uh, be educated today, so I looked at, uh, I watched a bunch of uh, the highlight reels, and I took fucking notes, bitches. I got notes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. My bad. But you really can't beat, like, when it comes to, I mean, it depends on what you want to watch, right? But the multi-view from YouTube TV, you, right. I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah. You said you said you could put up like what four games on each screen? screen. Yeah, it depends on like which ones they you know which ones they got grouped together. But it's usually there's at least two good ones and probably like two lame ones. But yeah, well the LSU I, I watched highlights of Arkansas LSU Ohio Notre Dame and FSU Clemson didn't look like a real great game. But I mean it wasn't awful. But I mean there was no real. It was tight game, but nothing really stood out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you what stood out. Piss hmm? poor coaching. That's what stood yeah, out. That's what stood out, huh? Clemson absolutely gifted FSU that game. Yeah, because I thought Clemson looked real good. And I don't think Clemson. Clemson. I, the, the kid's young, but I don't think he's. Fig- they figured out their quarterback situation. I think they're going to ride or die with the kid that's playing. Oh yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. He's a red. Uh, he's not a red shirt. I don't think he's a red shirt freshman. So he's a, a true sophomore. Well, so FSU won that one in overtime. Yeah, on idiotic play calling and coaching. Yeah, yeah there was some. It made no sense. Well, the, sure the, the, the time management at the end of the game had Clemson managed it better. They could have drove down and scored a touchdown rather than having to kick kick a field goal. Right. And not just that, but, uh, you know, they just pulled that kicker, their kicker, they just pulled him off the car lot last week. Oh, really? So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm making that up. But no, I, I mean, understand. Literally, he, yeah, he wasn't yeah. on the team out of nowhere. Week. Yeah, he wasn't on the team last week. He was a walk previous walk-on. And he was actually taking classes in Charleston and about to take a job in New York. And the coach called him up. He's like, hey, you still got some eligibility left? We need a kicker. No shit. (laughs) Yeah. So he was technically it's all legal. He's still enrolled at Clemson taking online classes. So all they had to do was give him a jersey and put him on the roster. I don't know who did it. The only note I really had for that game was FSU in the third quarter when they uh, had that sack. And cause that fumble for a TD. Yeah. That was, if that hadn't happened, Clemson might have had that game as well. Clemson, yeah. It's it's frustrating because I hate FSU. (laughs) Well, you're a Gators fan. Of course you do. But they, uh, Clemson had, I mean, I think FSU is going to be like 2013 Auburn where they just get lucky all year long. And, I think uh, so. Yeah. Because they're, t- I mean, I, they got the 97th ranked defense in the country. I, Clemson, Clemson made them look good. <laughs> well, Clem, yeah, Clemson did make them look better than they were, but they still put up 24 points in like 400 yards. But still, I think Clemson and actually Boston College last week, if, 
if you go back and look at those highlights, kind of showed like how to neutralize. Because the whole thing with FSU is their wide receivers. They got a good running back, but the whole thing is all these wide receivers that they have, all these weapons. Mm-hmm. And I think the last two games, you kind of seen the game plan of how to how to neutralize them. I think what they're, I haven't like it's hard to tell on TV. I said this before, but I think I think they're probably playing like some Tampa two coverage, you know, some type of zone that that just those receivers can't get open. I know they're playing some man too, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just I don't know. FSU found a way. Yeah. So leading into uh, Alabama, Ole Miss. Alabama was lackluster in their first half. Yeah, got Ole the Miss job done. The game pretty. Yeah, yeah. But your point about the saving effect—that was epic, and it really sums up college football right now, because we have the Brady Rule that come up in the NFL. NASCAR's done it with Jimmy Johnson in the past, and it makes perfect sense. And what's going on in college football is the saving effect. You want to sum that up? Well, it's pretty simple, and it all started um, towards the end of the BCS era. So, Smitty, I don't, you probably don't know much about this, but the BCS uh, was the old system uh, called the Bowl. I remember that. Yeah, Bowl Championship Series, right? So there was no playoff. Um, and Saban comes along 2007. Uh, and, you know, I think Urban Meyer probably had some more, like, he kind of helped, but Saban really, uh, he, he, he's the one who did it. He was the nail in the coffin, yeah. but. That dynasty um, in Alabama, really. Yeah. So just to, just to sum it up, the, the SEC won, uh, it was actually seven, seven championships in a row and uh around number six we're at really like number five you started hearing about and this is when Saban uh Saban didn't win that one that was Auburn uh Saban was number four he got his first one in 09 well that's his second championship his first one was at LSU but anyways um so the the Everybody started talking about we need a playoff because, you know, the system, everybody thought the system was rigged and like the SEC just, you know, they got favoritism, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and so they started talking about a playoff and in 2012, I think is when they passed it. Well, Saban in 2012 was on a run for his third title in four years. Right. Not only that, he once Urban left and kind of semi-retired from college football, there was no one to challenge him in recruiting either. So he had number one class after number one class all the way up until Kirby came to Georgia in, in uh, 16. And Kirby was with Saban in the beginning, right? Yeah. 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 Kirby actually started out with Saban as a GA, grad assistant. and At Alabama. At Alabama. At Alabama, and then he that was like for a year, and then he became like linebacker, defensive back coach, and then he was promoted to DC at some point, some, some, something like that. I think that's the okay, timeline. but um, yeah, so then they passed the playoff, and then you know, Saban's on this run, which really doesn't stop, right? So they're in the playoff, and then He's getting number one class. He's just stockpiling talent at this at this point, right? 
Now, there's always been like kind of this background noise about transfers. And uh, the playoff was 100% a money grab more than anything for the other conferences, not so much the SEC. The SEC was fine with it because they're going to get paid more money, but they would have been perfectly happy just yeah. reeling off championships in the BCS. They were getting paid either way. Yeah, it didn't matter. But, you know, more money talks. So, plus all the schools get a bigger share of the TV TV money and all that stuff. So, um, Win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win for them, not for the students. But mm-hmm. um, So, there was always like this background noise about transfers, you know, because you had to sit out a year. Nobody thought it was fair, blah, 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 blah. Well, they finally passed the one-time transfer rule, I think in the COVID year or the year before 2019. Yeah. That was Uh, the beginning of the portal. Yeah. That was beginning of the portal. That was when you started hearing about the portal, the portal, this, the portal, that, and, um, before, I mean, if you're a graduate transfer, you've graduated from, from the university, you can transfer no problem. And that's always been the rule. You could play right away before. If you wanted to transfer as an undergrad, and you wanted to play, you had to put in a waiver. And it seems like now that the portal's there, the waivers get denied more now than they did back then. Um, and the reasoning now is it actually makes more sense. A lot of it is is medical reasons, family reasons, and things like that. Uh, so you have the transfer portal, right? Saban was against that. Saban, I think, was against the playoff, to be honest with you. I think he spoke publicly about it. And it's really spread out the talent throughout the country, especially the what you're seeing with some of these, you know, second tier teams have really picked up, you know, results since the portals come along. It's really flowed out the talent in guys that were starting is now like Notre Dame. I think that was Wake Forest quarterback last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're seeing the talent get moved around as, you know, the next big thing comes up, they're still able to play and they're helping other teams that need help. Yeah. And I, and, and then, uh, so now you got the, you got the transfer portal. You can transfer one time, uh, without having to sit out. If you transfer more than once, you know, you got to ask for a waiver. Um, and the bad part about at first, the bad part about the transfer portal was that, uh, a lot of kids were going in and they were never finding places to go. Um, but with all things, eventually the wheels get rolling. So one thing leads to another Teams start big time in the introduction of NIL it exasperated this. So 2021, the kids can now make money off their name, engine, name, image, and likeness. And what happens is they put, they're not transferring because I need playing time. Cause that was, that's typically why a kid would transfer, right? It's either one or two reasons. I want to be closer to someone or something or, uh, or I'm not playing. That was previous prior to NIL. Now you, now you got a third reason It's who's going to pay me the most money. Or where can I go make the most money? Which is not what NIL was intended for. NIL, if it's truly your name, your image, and your likeness, you can do that just about anywhere if you're a quote-unquote star. Yeah. 
You just need the right. playing time. Right. You just need the playing time and maybe maybe a little TV time. Um, which makes sense why they would get into these bidding wars at these big schools. Um, the thing where uh, Lincoln Riley, where he went to USC and he took uh, Caleb Williams and a couple other kids with him, I don't think that should have been allowed to happen. Uh, I don't think that's right. Um, however, those are the rules. It is what it is. Dion uh, goes to Colorado and pretty much kicked half the team off before. More school. than half. Yeah, more than half. Um, coaching, and, being coaching staff included. Yeah, and let's not act like uh, there's a couple other things uh, to to kind of sum this up, but let's not act like scholarships have never been pulled before either. So coaches are guilty of it too. Um, but all this, to my point, was because Saban kept winning. And, and even even not just Saban, but the SEC. This is why they've expanded the playoffs now. They want to get more teams in there. One, TV money. They're going to get more TV money. And two, because a certain conference and a certain school have just done so well, they're trying to figure out a way to create more parity. And I think, I think on paper, it shouldn't be like this because Alabama is absolutely fucking loaded. Right. I mean, loaded on paper. However, there is more parity now. The talent is more spread out because of the transfer portal, because of NIL. And I think that all that all goes back to the original reason that they started the playoffs is because it's sheer dominance by a school and a yeah. conference. So do you think does the play sorry, Jason, the the playoff that also extends the season a little bit, doesn't it? Don't they play more games now because of the playoffs? Or yes. certain teams do anyway? Yeah. They play which obviously so, that creates more T V money as well. Yeah, so you're playing now at this point, if you play a championship game and a and you go to the playoff, you're playing if you make the national championship, you're playing fifteen games. Okay. Where it wasn't that long ago that they played a ten game schedule. Ten or eleven, depending on the conference, right? Yeah. And if you had a um actually the uh the FCS FCS level, they, they play a ten ten game schedule because they have a real they have a real playoff. But they do that because they have to. They don't they don't have bowl games. Um and the whole point of the you know, and they keep saying that the bowl games don't matter, the games don't matter. Trust me, they matter to those kids. Yeah. Yeah. They get they get to go some, you know, some of the bowls are kind of cheesy, but they go some. Bowl somewhere. game's a bowl game, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to go to the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> how cool would that be? You get a free yeah. trip to Hawaii. You get to do all this cool stuff all week. Um, you get all this swag. Um, you get, all, you know, they give you memorabilia, they give you clothes. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Yeah. yeah they, see, they, that's the thing. All kinds of stuff. Hey, just call your boy down in Florida. Tell him we're going to do the sideline report for the Honolulu Bow. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, go to you know the old Orange Bowl, but they uh, yeah you know uh, the Gator Bowl. Uh, that was huge when I was growing up. The Orange Bowl was a big fucking deal every year. That was a big fucking deal. Didn't care who was coming. It was a big deal. 
It's still what is it? What is it now, Jason? It's still the Orange Bowl, but I mean the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl rotates. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking about uh, Orange Capital One, Cotton Bowl, and what's the other one? Yeah, the uh, Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl, yeah. They those Chick Fil A bow rotates. Yeah, Peach Bowl. Um, but the the stadium that they tore down, Smitty, it was it was dubbed the Orange Bowl. Yes, yes, the original. That was the original Miami Stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the original everything stadium. Pretty much, that was the only stadium down there for a long time till they built Joe Robbie. Then once they built Joe Robbie, then everything changed. Yeah. But it, and it just goes back to, uh, like Jason said, in, in NASCAR, they changed the rules until Jimmy Johnson lost. Yep. And then he pretty much threw up his middle finger and was like, well, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. He still he won. He, he went five times and won two more. I mean, they even put a, introduced a new car right in the middle of that run, and they still won. Yeah, they yeah. they pretty much fucked NASCAR up. But well, they changed. They started like I think. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason. They they changed the point system. Yep. And then changed it again. Playoff. And then, again, then they went to that playoff, stupid playoff shit. And now like there's a three. The races are in tiers and oh, it's, or sections somehow. Well, I don't get it. Yeah, Bill French Senior is rolling over in his grave. Yeah, I didn't like the fact that it went to the. I don't want to talk about NASCAR for too long here, but yeah. um, I didn't like the fact that they went to that playoff bullshit anyway. You just there's 42 fucking drivers out there, and only 10 of them matter now. So, right. what is the incentive for these? Other, they don't get nothing other than right. money. Right. I mean, they're like, why am I? Why am I here? <laughs> That's back when you had to qualify to race too, or go home. Yeah. but you keep, took a provision championship provisional. Right. Well, you, you got to remember too, and I don't know how legal this would be in NASCAR. They still run in, they still have teams in NASCAR, correct, Jason? Yes. Okay. So potentially, if one of your teammates is in the playoff and you're not, you run the race. Obviously, you're helping him, but yeah, you find a way to help. <laughs> but that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of fucked up too because not everybody has a team. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I got yeah. you. Anyway. Back to football. Yeah, back to back to football. so back to football. So that was the saving effect. Yeah. I want to talk about. I mean, Ohio Notre Dame was a good game. Um, that number thirty-two Henderson had a sixty-yard TD run that was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, that was I think a- the Notre Dame coaching staff let that team down. I think the new clock rules have them all rattled. I'm not sure why. I know they're got a couple less possessions per half, but they, I just don't get it. I mean, it's like he was a rookie coach at the end of that game. They just let it go. He played that whole game aggressively against Ohio State and after that quarterback, then they went prevent defense and lost that game. That's a classic, uh, just kind of, I mean, it it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because Marcus Freeman's a defensive coordinator. Uh, that was that he was the DC there when uh, Kelly left, yeah. and uh, so, but yeah, a lot of a lot of defensive coordinators will do that, and and I, I've never I understand you don't they call it a prevent because you don't want them to score, but if you're giving up 10, 15 yards a clip, yeah. And 30 yards, 40 yards. What are you doing? 
you're not preventing. <laughs> and then they get to the they get to the goal line, and two plays in a row, you don't have enough guys on the field. I I do not know why he called it his last time out. I think he had a better alignment, and they were rushing to get to the snap of the ball, and the, and they probably would have been better off letting that play go. It would have been the end of the game, but they shouldn't have got to that position either. They had a missed field goal early in the game. That we're seeing that more and more across college football. Just I don't know what the deal is with kickers right now, but you're seeing missed kicks left and right. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how any like I just assume that everybody that is at these games either got free tickets or they're millionaires. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Because those tickets are no joke, man. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, it sounds Especially like nowadays, it sounds like from what you guys are saying that it's not like it's a surprise to these coaches that the time has changed, the time clock, the clock, whatever. But it sounds like time management is the name of the game and then they're just not doing it. Yeah, yeah. you can. There's so with the old rules with the clock stopping at uh, every first down, it was hard. It's kind of hard to slow the game down if you can't run the ball super effectively and now with the running clock you can actually you can control the game that's basically what florida did against tennessee is they just played keep away the whole game and you can do that very effectively with the new rules yes okay yeah like uh like the notre dame had almost 40 minutes of possession 36 38 minutes yeah and and that would also indicate that you probably should have won the game. Yep. And it's well, like it went down to the wire. Yeah, it was a good game. It's just it's frustration from the fan point of view when you see a game like that. You're like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it was I'd low scoring. Had, yeah, you, probably, you had it, coach. I need to go back and maybe rewatch that one, but um It ain't like it was it, just a horrible ending there. It's like three or four, you know, coaching decisions. You're like yeah, hmm. Florida, was, Florida was on at the same time, so I was yelling at the TV. Yeah, well, I'll tell you yeah. what, the game of the week has to be Arkansas LSU. That game was fucking start to yeah. finish a fucking dogfight. Yeah, for a second there, I thought LSU might run away with it. Like they, they looked like they were. They Man, were, it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that Arkansas QB, two hundred forty-five pounds. That dude's a monster. Yeah, he's a big he's a big guy. Georgia Georgia looked kind of pedestrian again in the first half. Well, yeah. the first quarter, not necessarily yeah. the first half. Oh, but. speaking of the dogs, you said get rid of the Santa hat. The Bowers. That it is. Just for you, Tater. Um, so I had to move the hat. It's you your got fault. the Bowers jersey up there. It's your fault. Yeah. Uh, where did uh, DJ Ugalay come from from Oregon State? Where did he play at before? Clemson. Clemson? Is that? Yeah. Oh. Damn, he's still playing. Never mind. So. He's, he's, was, only a ju- he's only a junior. Okay. I was really disappointed in Oregon State here. Washington has a very good passing attack. They had over 400 yards passing. Oregon State coaching let this team down. And they almost came back and won it. They had a cover two, nickel, zone. All day, spy the quarterback with one guy, get a little pressure on him. They should have won this game because they have no running game, so you know they're throwing the ball. 
That's all they do. I mean, they had a total of 106 yards between six people rushing. But it just did not make sense they lost this game. But whoever yeah. Cameron Ward is, he can sling it. I don't know that name, surprisingly. They got a great passing attack, no rushing attack. I really thought Oregon being a balanced offensive team, because I originally went with Washington and changed it about a half hour before the game started, and they almost came back and won it. I, I really, their defense is really lacking for Oregon State for that to uh, come down to that. Because everyone in college football, I think, know that Washington State is going to throw the ball. Yeah, if they're still running... Leach's air raid offense, and yeah, they're going to throw it. That's what it looks like. Out of the, in the top 10, you have one, two, three, four, five, five teams, half the top 10 starting transfer QBs. We'll be right back with the week five picks. And thank you for following the program. If you haven't done so, please hit that follow or subscribe button on your favorite platform. Texas A&M against Arkansas, and Arkansas looked really good against LSU, but Texas A&M's highly favored. And the same thing with uh, LSU Ole Miss. Playing at Arkansas. Yeah, and LSU's playing Ole Miss at home, I believe. And uh, LSU's highly favored, but the way LSU looked against Arkansas, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I think there's a couple of Decent pickums. All right, so let's let's look at this undefeated Kentucky. I haven't seen their schedule. Does Florida handle this? They're favored. Has Kentucky played anybody? So Kentucky's had our number. So have they really? Yeah, they've played Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, so that's what do you think? I'm picking Florida. Well, yeah, I mean. Do you think I'm going to pick against Florida? I pick, <laughs> I pick Florida when I know they're going to lose. <laughs> uh, I'm just testing you. Is Clemson rebound at Syracuse? Syracuse 4 or no? I'm picking Clemson. Yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Syracuse there. Texas A&M Arkansas is the one I don't – that one in the LSU game I don't know about. I don't know. I'd probably take LSU in the Ole Miss game. Um, Smitty, I understand for other yeah, reasons. Yeah, but I'm I'm like you with Florida. I think I have to take Ole Miss, or I'll get I'll get shunned. Um, <laughs> the Arkansas game to me is is a toss up. Depends on which Texas A and M team shows up. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas, Arkansas. Gonna show up. I tell you what, that Arkansas quarterback. I know I said it already, but 245 pounds, and he ran it like a goddamn tight end (laughs) there was like four guys tackling his ass i was like damn any thoughts on the notre dame and duke duke looks like they have a football team this year at duke i don't think notre dame's gonna have a problem with them 
not the way they looked recently. Is this an upset for Duke? Uh, based on based on the percentages, I'd probably say if Duke wins this game, yeah, it's an upset. Uh, right now the line is five and a half Notre Dame. That's it. It's only five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. Shit, that's tight. That's a pick'em. Yeah, the line on the Kentucky, uh, Florida Kentucky game is two and a half. Basically saying it's going to come down to a field goal. But yeah, five and a half is pretty much a toss up too. I want Duke to win this game. Just you, you know. but are you picking Duke? Yes, I'm picking Duke. You are picking Duke. Yeah, I'll put that on record. I, 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 All right, I'm taking Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame in that one. Somebody's gonna be right. <laughs> yeah, one of us. Like Coach Napier said in his press press conference this past weekend, fifty percent of college football teams lost this weekend. <laughs> He is absolutely right. He's dead on the money. I think the bigger question is, does Oklahoma beat Iowa State this year? Actually, you got another top 25 game that's not on our picks in Texas and Kansas. Kansas State. Kansas, Kansas. Kansas, Kansas. Out there with Dorothy. Dorothy. Not Uh, Dorothy. uh, That's a top 25 matchup in to be honest with you, it's kind of interesting because one, Kansas is proven that last year was not a fluke uh, and that, that that coach is doing a hell of a job up there at a perennial basketball school. Um, and Texas should, in theory, run away with this game. This should be a blowout. The line says it's 17, Texas. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it was a good game last year. Hey, sure. real quick. Did you catch, did either one of you catch the post game with Dion? Yeah, no. he was. He was pretty humble. I mean, yeah. not humble, but he was like, yeah, nothing to say. It's pretty much a good old fashioned ass whooping. Yeah, I mean, he, man, he knows. Yeah. And yeah. The, the, the Dion. I mean, he's, he says some things and he's done some things and he's flashy and he never takes sunglasses off, whatever. That's him. Who, who He's been that way since he was 15 Yeah, that's nothing old. new. It's nothing new. You know, um, but the, the media is what has created this, the whole issue surrounding him and Colorado, right. because to be honest with you, it's not people hating like people don't hate Dion. They don't hate Colorado. The average college football fan probably didn't know Colorado existed before he got there. Right. So it, it's not hating them. It's hating the, the hype and the, and, and the, and in your and face. That's all you're hearing about kind of a thing. Stop. Dude, you couldn't log into a website on, Talk, that talks about college football over the summer without Colorado being on the front page. Right. True. And people are just pretty much just tired of hearing about it. Like we, we know he's out there. All right. Let me know. Let me know when he wins the conference or something. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I was and, curious to see how he was going to react though, but he was just a normal guy at that point. He was like, yeah. we got our ass whooped. Uh, that's the way it goes. We're moving on kind of a thing. I mean, if you if if you if you took ten minutes and and watched any of his the first four games or three games or whatever how many they played, you could tell their offensive line was buns. 
and their defense was cheeks. It was bad. <laughs> so, and to sit here and act like, and then on, uh, I saw today on Undisputed, Keyshawn Johnson talking about how Oregon had to get information from other coaches on how to beat Colorado. First of all, first of all, college coaches share information. That's no secret. They do it in college. They do it in pros. They do it in high school. Um, but to sit here and act like Oregon needed some spectacular game plan to beat Colorado, they didn't. Oh, that was obvious. Oregon did to Colorado what Georgia did to Oregon two years ago. Lit them up. Beat the shit out of them. Why? Because they were outmanned, outgunned. And yeah, the, the talent just talent is just better. Yeah. Someone yep. tried to say if that Travis if Travis Hunter was out there, which is their star player, that the game would have been different. No, it wouldn't. How long has Trent Dilfer been at UAB? This is his first year, I believe. This is his first year as a head coach? Yeah. For this team. For this team. Oh. He was coaching high okay. school. Yeah. I think he was this coaching is, high school? I think this is his first collegiate year. Yeah. It, it, I was telling my wife, yeah, you know, because I kept seeing the name. I was like, I think I recognize him. And I had to look it up. He was the quarterback when Baltimore won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So nothing else crazy next week, South Carolina, Tennessee. We do have to talk, since we're talking about post-game interviews. Okay. Did you watch Ryan Day's? Uh-uh. What was that about? I don't know. That was wild. What happened? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who Lou Holtz thinks he is, but this is a tough team. He said we weren't tough and we're tough. <laughs> he was yelling. I Ryan mean, Day, Ohio? Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, just a Ryan Day post post game interview. I'm sure it'll be the first video that pops up. Okay. Yeah, he was he was amped up. You know, scared shit out of the sideline reporter. <laughs> He's probably peeing her pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's yelling and turning red and waving oh, his good arms Lord. around. Yeah, but he was he was just mad because you know a bunch of people picked against him and Lou Holtz, the old former Notre Dame head coach who's now retired, was probably in bed, didn't even watch the game because he's like ninety five years old. Said that uh, Notre Dame or Ohio State wasn't a tough team, and uh, he, he took offense. <laughs> But Lou Holtz is a former coach of Notre Dame. He, he won there, and he's a homer. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> he's going to talk shit. He doesn't, so. does, I don't think he works for ESPN anymore, so could pretty much say whatever he wants. He doesn't have to follow the narrative. Please, if anybody has any questions or comments, hit us up at primecohesion at gmail.com or head to our Facebook page at... Uh, Prime Cohesion on Facebook and uh, leave some comments. We'd appreciate it. <laughs>